morning, all. How's everybody doing? Be turning in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 18. It was uh, my decision to uh, have the uh, San Gabriel people not go to the park today. It was an iffy decision. Some of you may have looked at uh, the weather today and said, oh, we could have been in the park. Uh, but uh, I, I felt like for the young families with uh, little children uh, and for some of our older members, um, anyone older than me is older, of course, um, <laughs> That it might be uh, on the edge, and uh, Reese had uh, offered for us to come over here, and I know how much we enjoy being together. And so uh, I thought, well, let's uh, let's opt uh, at least early in the year. Surely this won't happen again uh, with the weather. But uh, anyway, that's uh, why we're here today. So if you have an attitude about missing the picnic, then you can uh, bring all your thoughts uh, to me, and uh, I will I will strive strive to be humble in listening to you. So. Uh, title of today's lesson, uh, I think will be a good one for us here, a good uh, study and a good thought, is uh, who do you want to be? I think all of us in our mind have uh, some sort of, a, you know, idea, maybe vague, maybe gray out there, a little uh, not clear who I want to be, but we, we sort of have an idea uh, of who we'd like to be in our better selves, if you know what I'm saying. In this story, Jesus talks about two different people, and they represent almost the ends of the continuum. You can be this on the one far side, and you can be this on the other far side. And you say, well, I, I'm not sure I'm either going to be this or that. I, can't, I don't know if I can get that far out toward being great or good or being bad and, uh, and not being the kind of person that I'd like to be. But in essence, they represent good and evil. They represent the, the part of you that would like to be a really good person and the part of you that probably doesn't. Let's read it together. Luke 18 and verse 9. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else. I was taken by that, that comment. They look down on everybody else. Uh, you know, you can, you can envision someone being in a, maybe in the, <laughs> in the balcony up here. Uh, you are looking down on us, uh, uh, hopefully not in judgment uh, or in arrogance, but, you know, that people that just look down on other people, uh, that there's an assumption that I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you, I'm uh, more athletic than you, I'm uh, more uh, any rich, I'm richer than you, I live in a better house, drive a better car, uh, you know, my kids are better kids than your kids, you know, that kind of thing. They look down on everybody. Jesus uh, told this parable. So this is a story that he's making up. These don't necessarily represent particular people that he knew. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. 
I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now the question is, who do you want to be? Do you really want to be the tax collector? Do you really want to be the Pharisee? Who do you want to be? All of us want to be something. We look at our life and we're like, well, if, if my life could go the way I wanted it to go, this is what I would be. This is what I would have. This is where I would live. This is who I'd be married to. This is what I would think. This is how I'd plan. Who do you want to be? Jesus says it boils down to you're either sort of like this guy or you're like that guy. You're either a person that fundamentally is humble and tries to be humble, or you're a person that fundamentally is arrogant and wants to be arrogant. Now, all of us struggle with arrogance, pride. There's a right type of self-pride and self-esteem that we should have, but that's not really what Jesus is talking about here. He's just talking about arrogance, wanting to look down on other people, is how he put it. Wanting to believe that because of whatever status in life you are, that you're better than somebody else. This is something that's gone on in the world for years, for years, decades, millennia. There is some reason why I'm better than you. I'm a different skin color than you are. Therefore, I'm better than you. I'm from this background, ethnically. Therefore, I'm better than you. I am more educated than you are. Therefore, I'm better than you. I have more money than you have. Therefore, I'm better than you. I live in this neighborhood. That makes me better than you. And so this has been going on forever. We recognize it, don't we? Not like this is something that's a shock to us. We have it in our world today. It's all around us all the time, and we all know that. But who do you want to be? Do you really want to be one of these two? Or, or you say, well, I, I sort of like to be a, a collage of the two of them. At times, I'd like to be this person. The other times, I'd like to be that person. Well, here's the thing that you've got to really realize, and this is really the, 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 the kick of the sermon, is that you have choice. You can choose who you want to be. Now, you can't choose some things. I can't sit here and choose today that I want to be 6'10". You know, that, uh, that train has left the station. At, at, at age 62, I'm not getting taller. I'm probably getting shorter. Because they say your nose and your ears continue to grow. Everything else, you know, you, you, know, you, you get shorter. <laughs> my, you know, my, my nose and ears were big when I was little. I, that, that, uh, that, that, that makes the, the future not look good for me. But uh, 
that you, you can choose. We're going to look at some passages here about choice. Look, look over to Deuteronomy chapter 30. These are all passages that talk about how God gives people choice. A lot of things you can't choose about yourself. They're chosen for you. It happens before you're even born. But in some things you have choice. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11, it says, Now, I, but what I'm commanding you today is, is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. In other words, everybody here can understand what I'm talking about. It's what Moses says to the people. It's not up in heaven, so you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea, so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you, is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. And he goes on and he talks, and let's pick it up in, about in verse uh, uh, 19. He says, this day I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. He gave them choice. You can choose which way that you want to go. Look a little further on to Joshua chapter 24, next book in the Bible. Joshua 24. This is at the end of Joshua's time of leading God's people, and he's, in essence, having a, the exact same conversation with them that, that Moses did. And uh, let's pick it up, uh, 24, verse 14. It says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away your gods that your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land in whom you're living. But as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. Once again, make a choice. Jesus called people to make choice. Look over to John 6. This isn't just an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament thing, too. It's a Jesus thing. John 6, and we're going to pick it up in verse uh, 60. John 6, verse 60. You guys moving those Bibles? I don't hear them anymore. There are too many of them electric. But uh, tr trustfully, you're not, you're, not, you're not reading your email uh, or texting uh, or other wickedness that you shouldn't be doing right now. <laughs> Shopping. If you yeah, be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Shopping while I'm preaching the word of God. How dare you? John 60. Verse 60, on hearing it, it meaning what Jesus had just been teaching, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? You know, I think it's just important for us to understand. Jesus wasn't always being nice. Jesus laid it out sometimes, and, and he laid it out hard sometimes. And they, they, they comment. They said, hey, this is a hard teaching. This is not easy. Stop right here. And, and it goes on, and he says, where the disciples were grumbling about this. Of course, we know what grumbling is. You know, uh, you know grumbling. Uh, sort of an attitude. Look at verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So they said, hey, you know, I'm out of here. Not going to follow. What's Jesus do? Well, verse 67. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. So he had some people leaving. He asked them if they weren't going to leave, if they were going to leave. Simon Peter answered, thank God he answered right this time. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So this idea of making a decision, you have choice. You can choose. Here's the thing, guys. you got to get this on. You can choose. Are you going to be the tax collector or are you going to be the Pharisee? Which one? You can choose. You can choose fundamentally who you are going to be. Now, you're not going to choose to be perfect. You can't choose to be perfect because you'll blow that quickly. You know, you'd be perfect for 10 seconds and then blow it. Because you'll think, man, I'm perfect. You're prideful. Oh, there you blew it, you know. (laughs) You're just never going to go down that path. You're not going to be perfect, but you can fundamentally choose. Yeah, people say, why? I don't know if I'm good-hearted or bad-hearted. Choose what you want to be. You want to be good-hearted? Choose to be good-hearted. If you want to be bad-hearted, you're going to choose and make that choice as well. Which one you're going to go. Now, look back at Deuteronomy again. Why don't us look at Deuteronomy 8? Actually, this is where this sermon started. Deuteronomy 8. Because Moses here is, is... Talking to the people, he's laid out the law in, in chapter 6. Uh, you know, it's a famous uh, passage uh, here in verse 4. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. And he comes out and talks about that. And, and he gets down and he's talking to the people about don't forget the Lord. Don't go bad on me here. Let's pick it up in verse 1. He says, be careful to follow every command I give you today so that you may live and increase and may uh, enter the, uh, and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. He says all that you've gone through has, has brought you to this point now where God has been able to put you through a series of events in your life to see what's in your heart. Isn't that an interesting way to look at life? Is that the things we go through in life easy and hard, good and bad, reveal who we are on a heart level to the Lord and sometimes even to ourselves. Sometimes we go through something we realize, man, I'm not nearly as tough as I thought I was. I'm not nearly as faithful as I think I am. I'm not nearly as spiritual as I thought I was or hoped to be. And we go through those times sometimes in our life. Well, come on down then, and he talks about the things that they went through and, uh, and pick it up in verse uh, 6. He says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing into you into a good land, a land with streams, pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, uh, hills uh, uh, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread uh, will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing in the land uh, where the rocks are iron, and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget. He emphasizes you're going in. It's going to be a fantastic place. A lot of uh, great things about it here. And When you get that, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Not the good land that you went and took, that God has given you. Be careful to not forget. 
Then he comes over here. Let's pick it up in verse um, verse 16, or, or 15, rather. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something that your fathers had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, this, you may say this to yourself. This may be an internal conversation that you have with yourself. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirm his covenant, which he swore to his forefathers, as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. You have choice. You have choice. Either thankful and humble, thankful and humble, or ungrateful and arrogant. Now you think about your heart. Don't be thinking, don't be thinking about anybody else right now. This is not, you don't need to be thinking about your mother. Yeah, my mother's a prideful woman. No, no, no. You don't need to be talking about your mom and your mind. You don't need to be thinking about your husband. Yeah, he really needs to hear this. Boy, I hope my kids are paying attention. This is you. Between your ears and the conscience of your life. Thankful and humble. Ungrateful and arrogant. Who do you want to be? This is foundational. Because depending on the choice that you make, your life is going to go one way or it's going to go in another way. This is this is roots. This is foundation. Who is the person you want to be? I'm not talking about whether you can do it all the time. I'm not talking about whether you're perfect. I'm talking about who do you want to be? At the end of the day, when you're dead, if someone said, this is what she was, this is what he was, the kind of person deep down inside, thankful and humble, ungrateful and arrogant. You can think about the impact of that decision. That impacts who your friends are. Generally speaking, really arrogant people don't want to make friends with really humble people because they constantly feel uncomfortable around them. makes a decision who you're probably going to marry or who would marry you. (laughs) No, thank you. That girl is a bunch of trouble and I can 
tell. I can feel it. Man, no way. It's going to have an impact on your parenting. What kind of parent are you? What do you, what do you want to teach your children? See, some people want to teach their children the most important thing in life is to get ahead. That means you need to get an education. That means you need to be making A's. That means you need to go to this school. You need to make money. You need to buy a house. You need to get a car. Why are they teaching their kids all that? Because it's, it's their foundation. It's what they believe. On the other hand, you may be teaching your children a wholly different curriculum depending on what your foundation is, of who you want to be and what you value in life. One leads to a life of righteousness. One leads to a life of self-describing everything. Who do you want to be? You say, well, Marty, you keep coming back to that. Who do you want to be? Because if you make that decision, if you get this decision down, if that decision is a decision that's a real clear decision in your mind, I'm not perfect. I, I don't always live that way. I'm not, I don't always make good decisions. But this is who I want to be. If you get that decision down, you're going to be able to absorb life's good times and bad times. You'll be able to have great successes in your life and great failures in your life, and it never really mess you up because you've made a decision. This is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. I want to be this person, this righteous person, or I want to be this pa ba basic person that doesn't care about anybody except myself. That, that's who I choose to be. And if you look at the world around us, you can see that people are on both sides of that continuum. There are a lot of people choose to want to be a good person. There's a lot of people choose to want to be a very selfish person. It's a choice. It's a fundamental choice that people have to make in their life. I want us to think about this thankfulness thing and, 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 and humble thing. It occurred to me when I was preparing this and thinking about it that thankful and humble people, those two qualities go together. If a person is thankful, they are almost always humble because what they're thankful for has an impact on their life and they realize that. Yes, I am thankful. Therefore, I am thanking somebody. I'm thanking God. I'm thanking my parents. I'm thanking my coaches, my teachers. You know, uh, what, whatever the circumstances might be, they had such and such of an impact on my life. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I want you to think about this idea of being thankful and grateful uh, and, 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 and humble as it goes together. What kind of things in a normal person's life would you say that, that a person should say from, from a foundational point of view, this is what I'm thankful for? What are some of those things or, or some of those people? What do you think? Audience participation here. What do you think? What are the things... Uh, and who are the people that a person would say, yes, I'm thankful for that, or I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by the good impact that th that person had in my life? What do you think? Yes, ma'am. 
a spouse. I'm thankful for my, in your case, husband. Okay. What else? Yes. I'm thankful to have another day to live. Okay, good. Yeah, a hand back there. Thankful for my parents. Were your parents perfect? No. But you're thankful for them anyway. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry? Oh, I'm thankful that people love you unconditionally. That's good. Yes, sir. Uh, Thankful for the church and the, the family and all that comes and goes with that. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters. Okay, yes, ma'am. Okay, those who have helped you grow spiritually and, and understand the scriptures. Tom, I'm thankful for health, that, that I, I'm healthy. You know, one of the things I do when I, I finish my run, on uh, I run on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday almost every week, uh, and, and I finish my run, and I've got a – one of my neighbors has like a, a rock wall as I have this one little stone that I lean on and, and stretch my calves uh, to, uh, to do a little stretch. And I, I have the prayer that I pray, which ends with, thank you, God, that I can still do this. Uh, I know that many people my age, including my good friend Reese, at, at just a few years older than me. Re- hey, Reese is, uh, Reese is a fantastic athlete. Uh, uh, All-American basketball player, played on a national championship team, but he's had two hips uh, replaced. You know, you generally are not still running when you've had two hips replaced, right? Uh, yeah, you'd be the bionic man, maybe in living in, what was it, Elyphrium or... Uh, It sounded like the, the Klingon homeworld to me, but I didn't know. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, you, 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 you know, you get a little older, and you guys down here on the front row, you're not quite there yet. But you get a little older, you are thankful that you have health and you are healthy. Uh, and so all those things that, that, and we could go on and on, if you're thankful and humble, they go together. The very fact that you are thankful for something is probably you're being humbled by someone's good influence in your life. Now look at the other end of that. Ungrateful and arrogant. You know, the ungrateful and arrogant person has probably had as many people help them in their life as the grateful person. The difference is is how the ungrateful person chooses to look at those things. They had someone help them. But from their perspective, the influence to help them was very minimal in their ability to fix their self was maximized. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't get through college because someone helped me. It's because I worked hard. I had this money not because someone helped me. It's because I have worked hard. And I thought it was interesting in the passage in Deuteronomy how he he covers that. He says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. No, no, no. I did it. I worked hard. I sacrificed. 
He says, but remember that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. person says, I worked hard. Well, yeah, you worked hard because you have two feet that you can stand on. Somebody else was born and doesn't have that. Well, I, I worked hard to make A's. Yeah, but you have a brain that functions at a very high level. The person down the street was born, and their brain doesn't function like that. Why do you have the brain you have? Why do you have the legs you have? Why, why do you have all these things? Why do you live in the country that you live in? You could have been born in many other places in, in, in this world where you had very little, if any, choice about what your life was going to be. You would have been the most brilliant ditch digger on, on, the, on the crew because you didn't have any other life road to go because of where you were born. If you'd have been born here, you'd have had that opportunity, or you were born somewhere else and you didn't. See, the, the, the issue is really is not really should you be this or should you be that. The possibility for everyone in this room is to be either one of these two things. You have the potential to be an ungrateful, arrogant person. And truthfully, the more you're in touch with that, the more it scares you. Because you see flashes of every once in a while, and you're like, oh, my God. That's not really me. Well, no, that is really you. <laughs> it's just you in a moment of just utter honesty of being what you have the potential to be. You also have the potential to be thankful and humble. What would your life be like if you were ungrateful and arrogant, if you made the decision in your life, okay, this is who I want to be, and you've never changed that decision in your life, what roads would your life have gone down? How many of us would still be married? I'm pretty sure that Marty Fuquay, outside of the love of God and the control of God's spirit in my life, I would have been the southbound end of a northbound horse to be married to. Some of you are just doing the math on that. Oh, I, okay. And, and you think about it. Some of you are hard to be married to as a Christian. <laughs> That's you trying. Here's the thing I want to leave you with. We are a product. We are a product. Every single one of us in this room. We are a product of our decisions. We're a product of our decisions. We make good choices and we make poor choices. We're all a product of our decisions. Start making better decisions.
Here's how you can know you're making better decisions. There's just two filters here that you can run through. This is super easy stuff. You can do it on the fly. Number one, does God have an opinion about this decision? You know, there's a lot of decisions we make in life. I, I don't think God really cares if you have lunch at McDonald's or Burger King. I, I don't really think God cares if you drive a Ford or Chevrolet or a Toyota. I mean, when you got to make a decision, first filter. Does God have an opinion? And on a lot of those things, it's no. I don't think God really cares on, on a lot of the decisions that we make in our life. They're life decisions. They aren't that big a deal. Make a decision, go on. They're good decisions, bad. You know, I'm a notoriously bad uh, 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 what was it, uh, orderer at restaurants. Uh, you know, the most famous thing of all time, one time was me and my son went to a really nice steakhouse. And, and the, the, the guy came up and said, hey, our special today is bison. And, uh, and he's described, oh, it's, it's with onions and, and a mustard sauce, and it's really good. This is a really nice steakhouse. And, and I said, I think I'll have that. And my son orders, and he gets a steak. And, and uh, our meals come, and I take one bite, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. And, and, and Ben's over there eating his steak. He says, Dad, man, you fell for that. That was so stupid. <laughs> no bison. I don't think God cared really whether I got bison or not, but I'm a bad orderer oftentimes. I'm, I am learning from others around me, though. Find something that you like and order it. Just get it. Don't do anything different. Just get what you like. That way you're not messing around all the time. How do you make better decisions? Realize there are a lot of decisions in life God doesn't probably have an opinion on. There's a lot of decisions that God really does have an opinion on. You know what I'm talking about. And you better think about those decisions. Because those decisions are big decisions in your life, and you better realize that God has an opinion on that. And number two is, will I be a better child of God if I do this? Will I be a better child of God if I do this? Those two filters will make your decision-making phenomenally better. Number one, does God have an opinion on most things? No, God doesn't have an opinion. Just make a decision. Okay? Second thing, though, is this going to make you doing this, being involved in that, going here, moving here, buying this, is it going to make you a better Christian? Sometimes those decisions are obvious, aren't they? Am I going to be a better child of God by doing this, this decision in my mind? Going down that path? Am I going to be a better child of God taking a job somewhere all the way across, you know, somewhere where there's no other strong Christians around me? Huh? Probably not. So those two filters, does God care? On most of them, probably God doesn't care. Just make a decision and move on. Secondly, is this going to make me a better child of God? Usually, that answer is much easier than you would ever imagine. Eh, well, uh, yeah, probably not. 
Maybe so. I'm not sure. I, and if you're not sure, probably talk to somebody else that you value their opinion and get their opinion on that same decision. Here's the thing, guys. The, the lesson today is pretty simple. Who do you want to be? I really want to be. I can tell you with all my heart, I've been a Christian a long time. I really want to be the person who's grateful and humble. I don't want to be the Marty that is ungrateful and arrogant. I see that in me. I've got the potential to be that. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's thankful and humble. I hope today's lesson has been a good thinker for you. I hope it's something you've got to go home and, and think about it and meditate on it a little bit because you're going to be a product of the decisions that you make. Let's have a great week. Next Sunday is Easter. I know we have a lot of people who want to bring their church with us. It'll be a great time of celebration in San Gabriel and here. God bless you. Let me say for all the staff people, we are so honored to serve you guys. It is, it is the glory of our lives to be your servants. We could not imagine a better a place to be and a better group of people uh, to be with. God bless you. Have a great week.